All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have a special guest. The first woman on the Darian Slater podcast. The homie, the sister from another mister, my homegirl, Candace. What's going on, Candace? Oh, not much, Darian. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you for being available. So we got some great content for you. But first, we're going to do the social media, as always. Yeah. Follow me on Instagram at d.slate underscore one. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your content from. Come check out your boy. I swear that's like my favorite part. Man, it's so <laughs> epic. Like <laughs> It's a little dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you gotta be. Like when you're from Milwaukee, you just gotta like blast it out there. You know exactly, what I'm saying? Exactly, so, exactly. Born and raised yeah. in Milwaukee. Candace, what's going on? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. You know, it's a nice Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still too hot for me. I feel you that. Know, I'm not one of those like like Africa babies. <laughs> <laughs> you know, being out here in this 90 degree weather. Um, but everything is good. I can't complain. I feel that. It's like hard to breathe in D.C. I know. And it's already hard to breathe because of the pandemic. Exactly. You, know? <laughs> you got the mask on. And uh, I mean, it's not fun wearing that mask. It's uh, awful, but especially being in DC where the humidity yeah. is just terrible. How have you been spending this quarantine? Well, I've been uh, doing a mix of things. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, I have my regular nine to five. Mm-hmm. So, like during the week, I probably don't even really leave the house. Um, but on the weekends, like I operate my business, mm-hmm. um, so like. I can get out mm-hmm. and, and about then, but I can also still like stay away from people. Like I, feel I don't that. have to socially distance yeah, properly. Yeah, yes, I can do the social distance thing. I can like listen to my music, focus on whatever I'm doing. I feel that, um, and not be bothered. So. I feel that. So we're gonna we're gonna touch on your business in a in a little bit, and uh, we'll have a a conversation about that. So. I met Candace when I was working at this specific school in Texas. I won't mention the school's name, but if you go on my LinkedIn profile, you can see where I work. Candace was always pretty cool, and we got you know hit it off once we found out that we both were from um, Milwaukee. You know, I went to King, she went to Riverside, so we we're like rival schools to an extent. So she hit me up. Um, we, well, we hit each other up, started kind of like building a, a connection, and we've been cool. Uh, since then, um, when she moved to the DMV area, she actually sold me a bunch of her um, old belongings before I transitioned to DC. And how ironic! <laughs> <laughs> how much of that stuff do you still have? I still got the rug. I saw that rug. <laughs> I still got the board game. I still use the plates. <laughs> what else do I use? The cooking sheets. Most of that stuff that you sold me, I still use. Those glasses. Uh-huh. A lot of that stuff, I still. Use has been pretty um, efficient and it's been pretty um, clutch to say the least. So Candace <laughs> has been looking out for your boy uh, from the from the jump. I'm just so glad that y'all took that stuff off my hands because mm-hmm. I was going back and forth like mm-hmm. the big furniture that I had to mm-hmm. sell. I was like, yeah. why are people? Well, you know, people are always gonna try to lowball you, exactly. but then they want to like check out everything Mm -hmm. like they gonna actually care about that once they get it in the house let me see okay Hmm, i'm like bro go to go to um i don't go to ashley furniture and buy it if that's the case bro you're getting a deal i'm I'm, I'm plugging you right either way so uh 
Candace is also responsible for, at the time, you know, she introduced me to the young lady that I was dating at the time. I'm obviously not going to say her name or be disrespectful towards her because we are no longer, you know, in a relationship. Um, but it's all love. Well, I think it's all love. Um, but, so. but, you know, so it's all good. So it kind of, you know, starts off this first topic of, you know, relationships or in Jada Pickett Smith's <laughs> perspective, entanglements. Entanglements. What do you think about that whole <laughs> situation with with Jada, August, and Will? That whole red table interview. <laughs> oh my god, that was like probably the most awkward twelve plus minutes I think I've ever watched <laughs> on TV or mm -hmm. social media. Like, I just you could sense like before they even started talking. Mm -hmm that it was going to be like really weird awkward tension <laughs> um and i think you know part of it was because i don't i obviously don't think they plan to address anything mm -hmm. like this like first of all in a public space exactly but like also right now mm -hmm. like this is already like just a crazy time in general um and they're celebrities so i don't necessarily feel bad but i mean 100%. they're still human beings exactly um so like this is still a weird time for everybody um, because of, you know, everything going on with the pandemic and yeah. stuff. And then you got, you know, August Alcina coming out of left field with, you know, stuff that we, I mean, there was speculation and I'm mm -hmm. pretty sure that like people, people knew that there was some extra stuff going on between him and Jada, but like to put that out in the public exactly. space. Exactly. It's a kind of, it was, what it showcased to me was that, uh, Jada was messing with a different generation. Of, of, of a person as yeah. well as working with uh, less established artists or entertainment, not saying or entertainer, because August Alcina has had a lot of like public health battles yeah. and personal yeah. battles that he's been going through. But he almost, it kind of seems to an extent that he went on this publicity tour to promote his album, yep. which I still have no clue what the <laughs> album is called. I don't either. <laughs> It, it just really came, like you said, it came out of like it came out of left field. It came out of nowhere, and during like part of that conversation, like I didn't get the sense that Will was like hurt or embarrassed. He looked more annoyed. Yeah, like Jada, like <laughs> control your hoes. Control your hoes per se. Like you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. almost like to an extent, like all right. I'm not sure what Will Smith does, but they were separated, so if they're fine. They're comfortable with that. You know, I right. totally respect it. Right. It's just extremely awkward, bore, awkward, but it also makes me feel that all right, the people that he was, that Will Smith was probably interacting and engaging with, they probably had a more common understanding. Right. And a lot of times, people always have a it's like speculation that Will Smith messed around with some of his uh, female. Uh, co-leads and some yeah. of those movies and I wouldn't be surprised I mean I but either he's like one of the biggest stars on the planet he's a fresh prince he's a fresh prince like what you know you can't be mad that you know that that's and, and if that's something that Jada was okay with mm -hmm. or that was something that you know they were able to work through that's their business 100 i mean i sound like tabitha brown right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's their business <laughs> that's their that's they business but um but yeah it was just like I kind of got that feeling too. It was like, you know, 
dang, you know, like I, I kept all my stuff on the mm-hmm, hush hush, mm-hmm, you know, that stayed mm-hmm, within our circle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like, even like whatever other stuff may have happened, like I kept it away from, exactly. you know, the public eye. And then, yeah, and then she was like, "Dang, you can't even control this young nigga." Exactly, like, that's, <laughs> like, the, that's the vibe I got from like, "Well, it's like really, bro." Like, and now what you're doing is obviously like her, her whole foundation is healing, yeah, in like transparency, a bunch of like BS buzzwords. Yeah, um, yeah. I felt like low key, it kind of. I mean, I grant they are celebrities. It felt like low key, like sociopathic behavior. <laughs> You know, I, I I try to, like, pick up on that kind of stuff mm-hmm. because, like, I've noticed it with, like, certain people that I've dealt with. Um, and I would have to, like, see her more in action. Yeah. Um, because, like, for me, it's got to be, like, I have to see you in, like, multiple situations. Exactly. But I can definitely, you know, I can definitely see where you're coming from with that because it's like she kind of took August, who was younger, mm-hmm. And I mean, when you're going through things mentally mm-hmm. and, and health wise, you know, you start to lean on people. Exactly. And that's stuff that like never really leaves you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, you know, August coming up after all of these years, it was like, OK, bro, why would you do that shit? Mm-hmm. But <laughs> um, but, you know, he was at a very vulnerable stage exactly. in his life. Um, exactly. And her being a much older woman. Her going through the stuff that she went through mm-hmm. with Will, I think that she could have, you know, definitely like not done like that predatory shit. Mm-hmm. That it was exactly. like it was almost like you know he was groomed exactly by her. That's the vibe I got. Yeah. That's the vibe I got. And I was like, it, it's funny because like how each of them are dealing with this. Like August, you know, telling his truth mm-hmm. um, in that, and then like Jada telling like her truth whether or not it's something like she might have some issues Mm -hmm. where it's like okay that's not the truth or like even a truth Mm -hmm. but it's your truth Mm -hmm. um it's also like very virgo-ish of them (laughs) (laughs) being a virgo myself i can point that out (laughs) because it's like you know for the most part we kind of stay low-key okay and then when like shit blows up it really blows up I see. I'm trying to keep my judgment inside. I'm not like a no. Astrology talk about book. it now. Talk about it now. Well, see, this is my thing. Sometimes people use astrology. Like even like today, I googled what Mercury, like Mercury in like retrograde yeah, means, yep. and I was like, to me, this sounds like y'all don't want to be accountable for y'all actions. They don't. They don't. And it's. I mean, I think for like the the way that the situation is mm-hmm. playing out i think is very virgo now how they gotcha. acted that was some different shit like <laughs> that was some like you know you y'all need to like you said take responsibility mm-hmm. for what you did it was like you know august you didn't need to like come out in public with that stuff and mm-hmm. then it's like again like the weird timing with the album exactly and everything else that you got going on but then it was like like with jada it's like in that situation like you this is a character issue like this is this is how you are this is what you did and you are like literally kind of like running away from that accountability by Mm -hmm. placing 
like and, and not necessarily blame but yeah. like trying to massage the situation, the situation by calling mm-hmm. it an entanglement which is like wow <laughs> like this this man literally said he can die knowing that he loved somebody with everything that yes. he gave yes and for you to call this man an entanglement, entanglement. it was like vicious I, yes i was like oh wow i was like wow that was disrespectful like i, you, I was like oh like my heart breaks for yeah, all this yeah you know um, because I, in 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 like after all this time right because they didn't get on this red table like mm-hmm. right after this happened mm-hmm. it, it would be like one thing if it was like a heat of the moment exactly. kind of response to what he did but you came on like weeks later because we were mm-hmm. all speculating like girl mm-hmm. you said you was gonna bring yourself to the table we don't even need the damn table just sit down and, and tell us what happened she was pretty much it's like the young kid says cap 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 <laughs> cap 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 <laughs> she had to get the pr team yeah, and everything yeah. together and and I was like, you. So you waited all of that time. You had time to formulate a response, mm-hmm. and you called it entanglement. I'm like, wow. <laughs> Will was like an entanglement. Yeah. Really. He had all of our faces. Like he like really, really. <laughs> it was like the emoji with the with exactly. the hand. Like so, 100. It's like a combination of um. What were both of them? They try to use the situation to promote. He tries to promote his album. Um. It's also you know good content. For yeah. her show, yeah, which for also sure. because you know they're, I mean, Will and Jay are obviously entertainers, but nobody is making movies, so it gives an opportunity for your name to still be in a press and yeah. you still keep that level of uh, relevancy, even yeah. though you're, you know, Jada Pickett and uh, Will Smith. It's still just one of those opportunities where you still have that notoriety out there, yeah, and you're still being involved and you're trending on social media yep. with everything going on with the pandemic, with the, uh, the pandemic. And uh, like social justice um, initiatives and police brutality, it was just ah, a lot. Yeah, it was just um, a lot. Made for some great memes, though. It, it did, it did. And now, like, I'm just so excited to use uh, Will Smith's face as yes. the new crying Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> they got Will looking bad. I mean, like, man, his like, face was puffy. Like he had been crying in the seriously, car. Seriously, like, man, like <laughs> no belt on. <laughs> Pants sagging. I'm like, well, what's going on? I but like, I mean, rough, exactly. So he, not, but then at the end of the video, um, when he said that he was gonna get her back yeah. and he started laughing, you can tell everybody knew, like, oh, he's like dead ass serious yeah. about this. Yeah, he wasn't playing. Like, like we that can get was even. No joke. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I, I mean, I, at the end of the day, feel like, um, you know, I, as much as people like drag Jada. Mm-hmm. I feel like she she's not doing anything that I haven't seen men do for a oh, long facts. time, you know. Facts, 100%. And I'm like, you know, we number one, that's their business, mm-hmm. but you know, number two, it's like y'all are like ripping her to pieces mm-hmm. and you know, calling her all these names and like being so like just rough. Mm-hmm. Um, which I mean, she didn't handle it well, mm-hmm. and I and and I mean, she didn't. She didn't handle that situation very well mm-hmm. as a grown woman, mm-hmm. um, in my opinion. But I mean, I think we—I mean, we got to give her as much grace as we have 100%. given, you know, men and 100%. other other really powerful people um, in this situation. You know, no, I, I, now entanglement. I'm gonna use that shit for help. <laughs> no, no, I I, I definitely um, agree with that. Like outside of the, I just felt like the perception came across that she. Almost like took advantage of this broken uh, man who like needed like guidance and who needed like right. love and affection and support yeah. and just disregard what they had like that in such a public manner. Yeah. Like outside of that, I mean, yeah, 
if anything, I, I don't see anything that she did was wrong. But to you said she could have massaged the situation a little bit better. But I'm saying though, like Will though, I'm saying like she still got still in love with Tupac. You got Willow yeah. writing letters to Tupac. <laughs> I'm like you, like like Jaden and August are like close friends. Yeah, yeah. You can't escape like, the men that she's. I'm like the men that she's been seriously involved with that that the public really. She located a goat. It's that's goat level. I tweeted that. That's goat <laughs> level. <she's, laughs> that's goat you know, level behavior right yeah, there. Yeah, it is, and it's like I mean, we've seen this time and time again. Mm-hmm. You know, over mm-hmm. the course of history, 100%. and I mean, we can't be mad now. It's like okay on a human level she was wrong Mm -hmm. but in in the public eye and like how we in the court of public opinion Mm -hmm. 100 percent. i mean we gotta chalk that up to the game (laughs) jet is low-key to go i'm like like, will how do you sleep that night (laughs) (laughs) i saw this one meme that was like uh it was like she can't. Uh, oh, Will can't even kill Jada because <laughs> she'll end up with Tupac. <laughs> even in the afterlife, yeah. he loses. <laughs> he got to keep so, her around. Yeah, <laughs> and he don't want to get a divorce too. Cause boom. Yeah, it's you know cheaper to keep her. Low key, I feel like that may be a whole reason why they they got their whole situation going yeah. on. Like yeah. financially, he don't I want know. her have all the, like half of those assets. Yeah. Yep. And if you, I mean, if you think about it too, and and comparing it to like J and B, like mm-hmm. when Jay cheated on B, and mm-hmm. I'm sure she went through another mm-hmm. Virgo, you mm-hmm. know, she went through <laughs> and was like, "Shit, I really want to just blow this whole thing up." Like, seriously, seriously. <laughs> and, um, he, and and she probably, you know, they had to think about it. It's like sometimes it's better for y'all to just mm-hmm. stay together because of everything that's accumulated exactly. over y'all's exactly. relationship. Exactly. Um, that's why you know we can't take marriage lightly like people just be hopping into stuff and when you got things to lose and like mm-hmm. you you everything that you've kind of like worked for put your all into uh i mean not just the kids you know kids yeah, of course or whatever but uh <laughs> but you know like assets mm-hmm. you know it's this shit ain't gonna it's, it's not something that you could just dissolve overnight if something happens 100 percent. so 100 yeah, Percent. It's it's definitely was a very entertaining. Oh, it was couple of sure. days and uh, Twitter or Black Twitter specifically. Yes, they did undefeated. what they did. It's undefeated. undefeated. Yes, Un- undefeated. Like that whole um, <laughs> entangled. Yes, <laughs> a Disney. Um, <laughs> I was like, wow. <laughs> somebody, um, somebody took uh, Usher song and was like, "You make me want to leave the world, <laughs> start a new entanglement with you." <laughs> It's like wow, black folks are hilarious. <laughs> yes, undefeated, undefeated, undefeated. Black community, black Twitter. That's funny. All black everything. All black everything. Well, <laughs> it's a perfect segue to all black everything because, Candace, you are a business owner. I am. I am. It's still weird to say. Mm-hmm. It's a, been almost or a little over a year now. You've been putting in that work. I have. I have. I'm. I'm. I'll pat myself on the back. You should. I'm proud of myself. You know. It's so, been a. It's been a rough road so far, but things well, are. Things have like really improved since um, you know I first started. Mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know I'm, I'm. I'm in a good space with it right now. All right. What gave you the uh, interest and motivation to start? your specific business and also go into detail in terms of what it is that you do. Okay. Um, so I started a mobile auto detailing business. Um, I, I mean, I still use my, my personal vehicle, my little Hyundai Elantra. I, um, <laughs> I actually started it 
um, I had been doing like a semblance of detailing mm-hmm. for like a long time because mm-hmm. I mean I don't have any kids I don't have anyone to take care of I just mm-hmm. really have my car um, so I've always just like wanted to keep I like to keep my spaces clean regardless of what it is my home my vehicle um, my workspace like at work um, we not there, right? I mean, we're, we're working from home now, and I even still worry about my little cube. Like, exactly. Okay, nobody gone in there and took my Clorox wipes. <laughs> 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 but um, you know, it's uh, it's always been like just cleanliness has okay. been a thing for me, and um, I was, you know, I, I, I'm a student of YouTube University, so I was just looking up some stuff one day on like how I could um, just improve, like service in my own vehicle yeah. like you know what can i do to um like consistently not streak my windows or what can i do to um you know get this stain out or whatever um and uh i was just running across all of these detailers who had their own businesses mm-hmm. you know then of course they started youtube channels and they just kind of like branched out from there um but the base of it was the auto detailing mm-hmm. business and i was like hmm I'm in an area where people have lots of disposable income mm-hmm. to spend on this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I like the whole transformation aspect of it, too. Um, I like taking something that even if it just looks like, OK, like it's fine. Yeah. Um, just making it better in some way or another. So um, I was like, you know, this is something I think I really could do. And I didn't like start out with the LLC or anything. I literally just bought products off Amazon. Yeah. I was like, what, uh, what, what do I need to get started? And um, it really was just like, okay, what are the basic services I could provide? Um, you know, I could do just the outside wash, basic wash and wax. Um, I could do the wheels and tires. I could do a vacuum, wipe down, and you know, be done with you. Um, and I was like, okay, um, well, let me get what I need for that. So. I just ordered stuff off uh, Amazon and then I started advertising like I created my social media pages like Instagram, Facebook, um, started like my that my Google business Mm -hmm. page um, and then just started like paying for ads. Mm. Um, And I also got connected with another local detailer um, just to like get some experience with the work because you know when you first start out you getting clients like maybe once a month or something like that. Um, and so just to be able to keep up, you know, my skill set. Doing that report and build, yeah. a, little, a little mentorship to an extent. Exactly, exactly. Um, so, you know, I connected with him. Um, and uh, then, I mean, I just kind of got rolling from there. Um, and I mean, just in the last year, you know, things have really progressed. Yeah. Um, you know, because you learn a lot of things along the way. Um, and so I've, you know, that's that was kind of how I got started. Um and you know here we are <laughs> how does it feel to be in an, i guess in the industry to an extent one not a lot of black people are in in general and then yes. two not a lot of black women yes <laughs> more specifically are a part of yes you're like a unicorn i know i feel that way like every time i like get a quote request mm-hmm. i'm like wow hit me up they saw my website and my pictures on there Mm -hmm. and they still want to book with me Mm -hmm. but um but yeah it's um for me i've always kind of like just done some things that would be i guess out outside the box for 
um, what you know society has deemed acceptable mm-hmm. for her black women um, but also just like black people in general because you're right the industry is very predominantly white mm-hmm. um, and it's predominantly male mm-hmm. like even in those spaces and um, like for me I think it's um, I go back and forth on it so like there's a side of me that like that motivates me because I'm like well I can be like one of the faces i know there are there are other black women that are doing very well in the industry um and you know i want to you know connect with them and like you know I'm, I'm learning from them like via social media but hoping to turn it into something like a mentorship or um just to connect but um just like you know me being up there with them um and that being like a possibility for me one day like that that motivates me because we need to see more people like mm-hmm. us in, you know, positions that, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, in, in positions that, you know, people would never imagine us being in. And so like to be in that space is motivating, but then sometimes, you know, I think like, wow, like um, it's gonna be that much harder because I have, I have all these things that are working against me. Um, and so it's like, am I ready for that work? Am I ready? Um, to take on that challenge, um, to basically feel like I'm constantly trying to prove myself, Mm -hmm. you know, um, but I think, you know, at the end of the day in this industry, it's like people, um, I'm always going to have that contingency of people that are not going to, you know, book my services, not based on the work that I do, but based on the color of my skin and the fact that I'm a woman, but, um, there's a lot of people who do. Um, and you know, there are people that seek me out because I'm a black woman mm-hmm. and they want to support me. Um, and so, you know, I, I, you know, I, I go back and forth, but at the end of the day, I think that motivation and like just seeing where I can take this, um, and not letting that stop me makes it more worth it to me than to be like, man, you know, I don't want to constantly be in this battle. <laughs> I feel that. Well, you, I mean, you got a vision and you got goals and yeah. aspirations for yourself and the quality that you do is uh amazing so oh, well thank you <laughs> darlene definitely appreciates that uh people who don't know darlene darlene is my car so um yes I've, candace has hooked up darlene multiple times and on multiple occasions and she does a pristine job so i'm not just saying that because we homies she does you know she does the work and if i didn't think Appreciate it was quality that. you know i feel like our relationship is close enough where i can have that that conversation you know with Absolutely. her so So, Candice, can you tell people, you know, the name of your business, your website, and how they can, you know, book with you? Yes. Um, So, my business name is Attention to Detail. Attention to Detail. (laughs) Attention, (laughs) attention. (laughs) Um, Attention to Detail, mobile auto detailing. Um, You can find me on um, Google. You can find me on Instagram at Attention to Detail DMV. Um, and that's also the same kind of at on Facebook. You can also just look me up by the name on Facebook. Um, my website is www.attn, the number two, the letter D, and then tail, T-A-I-L.com. Um, and there you can see all of my services. I'm based in Alexandria, Virginia, but I service most of the DMV area. Um, so, you know, anybody out there that may want to book with me, um, that's in this area, feel free. Um, and then, um, also I'll, you know, give you my business phone number in case you want to shoot me a text, give me a call, um, at 202-630-4579. So, yeah. feel free let's to get, hit me up. Let's get it. Attention to detail. Be sure to check that out. 
I'm yes. gonna have all that, you know, in the bio. You know, when I upload the podcast. But like she said, check her out. You know, black woman detailing cars. Black women can do everything. So make sure you all <laughs> still go in and support. Yes. Now, so to transition the conversation a little bit. So recently, uh, McCore Maker is a five-star high school basketball prospect who recently announced his decision to play basketball at Howard University. And it's one of those movements where the student athlete are recognizing the power that they have. How do you feel about that? Actually, to double back, did you know McCourt Maker is actually related to Thon Maker? Uh, so I, I didn't know. I've, um, you know, ever since sports kind of stopped, mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been like, I'll find out information. But like, I used to just like do my research right yeah. on the spot. But now I'll just hear things and mm-hmm. like carry on about it. But when I heard the last name, I was like, mm-hmm. is he related to Thon Maker? Mm-hmm. They're cousins. <laughs> Wow. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, not only just the last name, but I saw a picture of him mm-hmm. and I was like, okay. It, it looked just like him. <laughs> yeah. I it was like, it really like looked him. like they could be brothers. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so in terms of that, if you had a child who's a high profile athlete, who has a pretty significant chance to go to the NBA, mm-hmm. not just playing pro, but go specifically to the NBA, how would you feel if they made the decision to play basketball at an HBCU? Ooh, that, see, for me, that's tough because mm-hmm. um, I've, as I've matured <laughs> as an adult, I've realized that, you know, we really have to just, you know, kind of let people, like, make their own decisions um, as long as they're informed decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean... I know we were like, you know, talking about this a little bit before mm-hmm. um, the show, but I feel like I would let him if it was something that like where he had all his options in front of him mm-hmm. and then he chose to make that decision because, I mean, there's there's going to be a lot of in-depth, you know, research that mm-hmm. I would want him to have. Um, but if he still decided, like even with. You know all of because it's 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 glamorous right now because mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. because of the times it's like okay let's all just go to HBCU so it sounds cool but like once you realize everything that's you know behind the scenes mm-hmm. and what you're gonna have to go through mm-hmm. going to a HBCU as opposed to a, a PWI or going overseas mm-hmm. or going you know mm-hmm. any other route that you could take coming out of high school I feel like I I would let him. Um, I mean, I probably wouldn't have much of a choice, yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, I would, I would support it. Um, but it, eh, I, it I would feel, be tough. <laughs> my, I think my biggest, uh, level of apprehension around that. Well, I think it's great for student athletes to, you know, have a voice for student athletes to make these informed decisions. Mm-hmm. I just, the amount of pressure that's going to be on that young man in general for like, uh, almost a, a generation of issues and for him to have to like bear that on his Wait. shoulders yeah you're right like, like i don't want i feel like i'm not sure if i feel comfortable having my child specifically yeah like yeah, bear right. that that burden to an extent you're right and you're right. like that can you know impact you in a myriad of ways so like you may not get the same level of national tv yep. exposure yep 
there may be a little critical of the competition that you may yeah. be playing. Yep. Um, this isn't like the old days when HBCUs, especially like in football, players or a lot of those guys went to the NFL. Like more modernly, you got the guys going like the Dukes, the UCLA's, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the Kentuckys. And, you know, like that level of exposure may not be there. However, on the flip side to that argument, you can still make the assessment that, well, if you're good enough, the scouts will come. Like, for example, John Morant played yeah. at Murray State. Yeah. And he was the number two overall, you know, pick in the NBA. And we see how he's doing. Like, yeah. he's hooping. I just think that, you know, if you have the opportunity and you have, like, that level of notoriety, I think for me personally, I'll provide – like you said, have them make an informed decision. Mm -hmm. Make sure that all the research is out there. Yes. Um, your experiences, your academics to an extent. But nine, let's be honest, nine times out of ten, like a lot of those five-star guys with that level of ability, yeah. they're not staying for four years. Nah, nah. But if it's something that they truly want to do, mm -hmm. I respect their decision. But I still think I would have that level of conversation. Like, hey, you know, yeah. this is what you may be passing up on. And also, if you have a, if you're the surefire like top 10, top 15 type of prospect, mm -hmm. like that's generational wealth it is. you're walking into. It is. And is it fair for you to compromise potentially generational wealth for you and your family? That's true. For the burden for yes. an entire group of people? That's true. That's, that's true. a lot of pressure on an 18-year-old yeah. kid. You, you bring up a good point there because, um, you know, that's another thing that you have to think about uh, as an athlete. You know, let's just face it, face it athletes are commodities. Um, they're not looked at as human beings like everybody else is. And so it's like you have to look at that person as an investment. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I know it's your child and, you know, that's that's your baby and <laughs> they should be, you know, you should be looking at them as a human being. But, you know, you have to think about your family as well. Like when you um, let, you know, a 17, 18 year old make a decision that could affect the trajectory of their career mm -hmm. um, and their life, you have to you have to look at that as an investment. And so. You know, going to HBCU and being kind of a pioneer of that mm -hmm. as a, a top level prospect, um, you know, they don't have the same kinds of resources. If your child gets injured, are they going to have the same kind of training staff that you would get at a Duke or a Kentucky? Um, are they going to have, um, you know, the level of um, expertise in terms of, you know, coaching? Um, mm -hmm. And because, you know, the, the talent will get you so far exactly. and then it's those other intangibles and those <clears throat> those other factors mm -hmm. that play into it and it's like are, are they going to have the coaching and the mentorship um and the and the teaching from you know a, a perspective of they can get it from this perspective of a black man mm -hmm. you know but are they going to get it on the level of you know playing basketball exactly. um and so it's like you know what what could go wrong by you know attending a university because uh, HBCU because they just don't have exactly. you know what the access to the resources exactly. that you know a lot of these larger schools have. Exactly. And the way I look at it too, for so I'm looking at it from like those high level elite guys, like those right. guys who you know for a fact will be pros. Because I look at it from this standpoint as like not exploitation from going to like one of those high major PWIs, but almost like a partnership. Yeah. So you yep. are working in conjunction with trying to go to that next level. Yeah. Like these dudes are all getting paid under the table. 
you know, and exactly. that that's the fact uh, of the of the, the game of college basketball. Yeah. So I just think that looking at it from that standpoint, I'll part personally, I would try to convince my kid, you know, you know what, maybe let's go to this specific institution because this is your end goal. Right. Not saying that it can't happen. I think from a social and development standpoint and morally that yeah you being surrounded by a group of individuals who look like you who want you to be successful as a person mm -hmm. i think is amazing and i think that experience will be very foundational right but also at this stage in your life as well if you got a chance to do something that's damn near impossible yeah to go play basketball at the highest level mm -hmm. and be financially compensated that can change a generation uh, of a family and a group of people, like, I think I would probably con try to convince you or sway you to go from that standpoint. And also on the flip side, these institutions aren't going anywhere. No. <clears throat> in all no. honesty, so if you want to, like, after you get done playing, you know, go back to college, go back to yeah. an HBCU to get yeah. that experience. Exactly. Like, I would 100% respect that. And like you said, if it's my specific child and it's my child, I'm going to always do <clears throat> What's in the best interest yep. of him or her? Yep. At the end of the day, I Absolutely. don't care who has the decision or or what. You can Absolutely. call me. What you want to call me? Think, oh, you went to the PWI. Oh, you're an Uncle Tom. Oh, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't give a damn. <laughs> if it's my child, I'm having an honest conversation with yes. them. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, if you think about it too, um, people think so like. They, they think in such a narrow way about <coughs> mm -hmm. things, right? Mm -hmm. So um, the idea of going to an HBCU over a PWI is not, I mean, okay, you have like that whole symbolic mm -hmm. um, kind of just like you doing something like that. But then there's also like, the point is like, we're supposed to be supporting the black community. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's uh, a lot more ways that you can do that mm -hmm. than just having the child attend the school mm -hmm. so they could play basketball for a year, mm -hmm. maybe, mm -hmm. um, before they go off to the NBA. You know, mm -hmm. there's a you know there's a lot of different ways that you know that that kid could you know in turn when they start making money and they can really put a financial stamp mm -hmm. on. Um, you know, supporting the black community, they could go back and reach back, like you said. Um, and it doesn't have to be, um, you know, well, it, the kid is a sellout or the kid mm -hmm. is not this or that if they decide to go, you know. Bradley Bill is the perfect example because uh, he made a financial contribution um, to Howard. I think Steph Curry mm -hmm. also made a financial contribution to Howard's mm -hmm. golf team yep. to keep yeah. that program afloat so you still can make a contribution without you, you attending an institution yeah like for example if i if, if i had a son who was not at that ability like oh he's not going you know he's not going to go pro or even play a sport mm -hmm. in college then oh 100 i would like hey go ahead you know whatever decision you want to make for your academic and your social experience go ahead right but when you have that high level of ability <clears throat> And also depending on where you come from in your background mm -hmm. like if you come from like an environment of poverty i will never ever like i personally would not recommend for that kid to go there I'm not saying that's the background that he camp he comes from but anytime you have the opportunity to make that generational switch for yourself and your family mm -hmm. you got to take it yeah. you have yeah. to take it absolutely absolutely and you know it's um 
you know, I think the the real decisions need to be made once all of this hype dies down mm-hmm. over it. You mm-hmm. know, it's like um, <clears throat> we have the Black Lives Matter movement and, you know, everything that's going on in the country right now with, you know, police brutality and just like mm-hmm. crimes against black humanity. Um, and, you know, that elicits a very like emotional response and so Mm -hmm. people feel like they need to do something right then and there and first of all you don't have to do anything at any given point in time that you don't feel right or ready or comfortable to do and i feel like you know this might be a little premature Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know it's like let's let the dust settle Mm -hmm. let's think about meaningful ways that we can do for the black community and that we can support these schools and also you know howard isn't the only hbcu in america Facts. you know i think we Facts. all get wrapped up into Facts. well let's go to howard let's let's give money to spellman and morehouse Facts. and coward there's so many different hbcus so across the country That's you know so true and it's like you know we <laughs> we don't have to like go and do these like cliche things just because we feel compelled to you know maybe this movement sparks something in you that makes you more cognizant mm-hmm. and like conscious of conscious of what you do um, to support your people on a regular basis. Um, but you know, I don't think we have to like just do these like make these grand gestures you know, exactly. um, that may actually end up being more harmful than helpful to the people involved. Exactly you know? because like this is his life. His life yes. should not just be a part of a news cycle. Yes, exactly. And and I think, you know, there are repercussions not only for the athlete and their family, but also for the university potentially. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't have a precedent to mm-hmm. go off of, mm-hmm. you have to create one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, historically, HBCUs, you know, they're, they're underfunded. They're mm-hmm. also, you know, there's also, there's like administrative issues that, these HBCUs have been going through over the years, Tyrone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, it's it's like if you're if you don't have the systems in place to be able to like take on the responsibility that you would have when you start getting these top level athletes, because there's going to be an influx of a lot of stuff coming to the university. Mm-hmm. There's going to be people trying to exploit that. Mm-hmm. There's going to be people that are genuinely going to be trying to you know help and support um and then there's just like your general you know like fans or like you know people that are going to be you know attending games and stuff like that there's going to be an influx of money there's going to be an influx of people um and if you're not ready to take on something like that you know you could end up in another situation where you know president is resigning because exactly. you know, he stole all his money and, and, and embezzlement and, and, exactly. and all kinds of crazy stuff and, and we're not suggesting that that only happens at hbcus right, 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 because right. it also happens at you know pwis oh, absolutely. and another <laughs> aspect in terms of the influx of money within the next couple of years college athletes are going to be able to get paid off their likeness yes and that's a whole nother system of regulations that people are going to have to uphold and so you know that's a wrap on that topic for now but since we're talking about basketball in general the nba season is in the midst of returning. What do you think about the the bubble going on in uh, in Florida, of all places? <laughs> I know the worldwide hub of COVID nineteen. <laughs> Shout out to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, so 
I think it's an unwise decision that uh, <laughs> the NBA is trying to, you know, finish the season and, you know, bring it back in this bubble. Um, you know, I, you know, I, I as much as I want to see sports on TV again, mm -hmm. I want to see the Olympics. I want to see the, the NBA. I want to see even baseball. <laughs> um, I, I just don't think it's wise. I think we have so many issues going on with um, just like regular, ordinary citizens being able to get tested, having access to, you know, resources, and also just living life. Um, that to put people back into that situation, that, I mean, these people, you know, they, they make millions of dollars mm -hmm. and, you know, y'all can figure out how to support them, like not working and, you know, you not having um, fans in the seats and, you know, make having all this revenue. Um, I think that you could work around that a little bit longer um, and you they, they really didn't need to like start this back up. I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it was wise. I, I understand. I think this is the NBA. They want that closure of having a season in. Well, I get it, respect it, and I understand it. Like selfishly as a, as a basketball fan, of course I want to see basketball. Right, right. But also, if you're just if you're a common, decent person, who um, who has a conscience, which in this day you don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense, and especially with Florida, it's like they're jumping through so many oh, hoops. Yeah. Like these guys are going to be away from their families for two to three months. Yep. And like that's another aspect that people don't really recognize. So. Yep. It's almost like you're going to be in this very, very, you know, super restricted, restrictive bubble yeah. and you still have to compete and play basketball yeah. after being, yeah. you haven't played like the last three or four yeah. months. Exactly. So it's a higher risk of injury. You're away from your family. Mm -hmm. And realistically speaking, there are only four or five teams that have like a legit chance right. of winning the championship. But you don't really know because guys who may have been injured had mm -hmm. the opportunity to recover and rehab. So, you know, some some uh, some teams may not have their same level of coaching staff because they're like older coaches yep. who may now not they, they didn't feel comfortable, you yep. know, going back down, yep. you know, to that to that bubble. So I just think that in all honesty, it's going to be very interesting. And I'm not really sure like what's going to happen if there's like a huge outbreak. Yeah. For example, like God forbid, like say, for example, say that Giannis tests positive. For COVID nineteen, and he can't play. That changes the entire trajectory yes. of one team. Yes. Now, what's the argument for that championship? Like, oh, is it tainted? Say the Lakers win, or say, for example, LeBron tested positive. Yes. Like, oh, is it tainted now because LeBron, you know, he had coronavirus? Is it fair? So, I mean, exactly. you can you can put up as many barriers as you yes. want to, as many safety protocols and precautions as you want to. You can't. It's a pathogen. It is. Like, there's it no is. way you can. Um, you can find that, you yeah. know, honestly. So, yeah, COVID is gonna, I mean, it's gonna trump all of that. I hate saying that name, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's, it's, you know, this is still a public health issue, mm -hmm. and you can try to put people in a bubble, but I mean, you just can't expect people to, um, <clears throat> to be able to maintain that for a prolonged period of time. Mm -hmm. Um, either somebody's gonna get sick or. There's also, like you mentioned, there's the makeup of the teams is not necessarily the same. So this is not the same NBA that we were seeing back in exactly. what, February or March when they exactly. shut down. 
Um, and so, you know, and, and I mean, I'll be honest with you, um, you know, I'm a ride or die Bucks fan, mm-hmm. but if Giannis gets it and he can't play, so what's the point I'm of watching? watching. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, and honestly, the same thing with LeBron, cause I'm a big LeBron mm-hmm. fan. So, you know, <laughs> if LeBron is out, um, I mean, I, I'm not going to say that I wouldn't be watching anymore, but I just won't have that same level of enthusiasm about watching. It's very fickle. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's very, very fickle. So yeah, so we'll see how this experiment plays out. One hundred percent. All right, should be a very interesting experiment. Speaking of what you're saying, because um, even watching a UFC last night, they had some of the stats, and they were saying that even within, you know, with Fight Island, they had over, I think. Nine or ten thousand tests done. You know, it's almost it's back to like the folks who are the elites. Yeah, they have the access to that level, to those level of um, resources. While you know, you got the common man, the common woman struggling to get tested. Yep, yep. So and getting all the faulty tests, mm-hmm. and, and that's another thing too. Like we don't know, we don't truly know, like how accurate a lot of these tests are mm-hmm. um, because they're coming up with stuff on the fly and trying to get it out so fast that you know there a lot of that testing that needed time we haven't had and so it's like we we don't really even know who all is positive we don't know you know the effects that it's having in the short term or over the long term um, and I don't where did they go for where was Fight Island at where where did they go? Yes, Island. I think it was in Abu Dhabi. Oh. So. <laughs> These folks halfway around the world. Dana White got that money. Yeah. You know, he has that money. But so at the end of the day, capitalism wins again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Yeah. You're you right about that. Capitalism, capitalism is truly undefeated. Capitalism <laughs> is truly undefeated. So before we log off, also I saw. Um, Trumpito with a mask on <laughs> the other day. Trump that guy finally yeah. had on. Finally put a mask, a mask on. That's wasn't, crazy. Wasn't he at a hospital? Yeah, what? he was at Walter Reed. So <laughs> I read some folks that felt like that whole statement was like performative. So he he used the hospital yep. as a prop, it's like the same thing he did with the church in the Bible. Yep, yep. I think um, you know he's one thing that he his team is i guess a master at is optics Mm -hmm. when it comes Mm -hmm. to um having these kind of like you know symbolic i guess stages Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, that they put him on yeah that -hmm. they put him on you know i think um well i think the the tulsa rally got botched by the k-pop folks but (laughs) (laughs) i think he really was gonna try to make you know something out of that um you know like you said with you know the walter reed situation being in the hospital and you know with the church and the bible Mm -hmm. you know he he really is um his team has Mm -hmm. uh kind of mastered that they know his base yeah they know his base yeah um and it's just it's it's just crazy to me how much of a farce he's been mm-hmm. <laughs> like the whole entire you know time he's been in office it's comical it is it, you have to laugh to keep from crying mm-hmm. at you know the things that he's done mm-hmm. over the past it hasn't even been a full four years it's this like is, which is crazy <laughs> it's like which is crazy did you see that he sent out a tweet 
um, adding Bubba Wallace demanding that he apologize. Oh yeah, I saw that. Because he said, "Oh, the entire situation was a hoax." Was staged, yeah. Like, like Bubba Wallace didn't even see the news, and he didn't even report it. And the fact of the matter that it still was a news. Yes. And during that same day in that same situation, which in my opinion doesn't get talked about enough, there was somebody in an airplane flying the Confederate flag over Talladega. Really? Yeah, really? yeah, that same day. The oh, same day, the same situation happened. I never, so I never like um, read up on the details mm-hmm. of that situation. Like I, I, like I have read up on like the situation that actually happened. Like you know, they found yeah, the news in the garage, um, and then I saw that tweet um, that he was like saying, "Bubba, mm-hmm. I should apologize," but I didn't know that they someone was flying a Confederate flag. Yeah, that same day, the same exact day that it happened. That's nuts. And no one says anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, about that like it's, it's it's always interesting and i feel like um extremely right-winged individuals love using like those small minute examples that anytime there may be mm-hmm. some there may be some suspicious behavior right. mr jesse smollett <laughs> They use they always point back to that situation like oh yeah. look at this situation all black folks are doing that I'm like what but it makes absolutely no, no sense. sense but when we have multiple examples of white folks doing countless, heinous yes terroristic crimes countless examples it's always an isolated situation yeah. or it's, it's always yeah or it's, you're always playing the race card exactly. like it's always like just swept under the rug exactly oh it's no big deal yeah like like, really um so the same thing with the opioid opioid crisis and y'all ain't got y'all ain't say anything while these black folks getting uh you know the crack cocaine getting infested within their community but that's a conversation for another day i know (laughs) we're gonna have to do another episode most definitely most (laughs) with that one definitely so you know before we head out one last time please tell the people how they can follow you, how they can support your business, and how they can book with you. Okay. Um, again, I you know my business is attention to detail, attention, attention, no, <laughs> attention to detail, mobile auto detailing. Um, you can find me on Google, Instagram, Facebook. Um, you can also go to my website. Uh, website's www.attn. The number two, the letter D, and then the word tail t a i l dot com. Um, and you can, you know, go there, check out um, all my services. You can read up a little bit about me, um, and then you can on my socials. You can also check uh, check out my work. Uh, IG is at Attention to Detail DMV, and then it's that same at on um, Facebook. Let's go there. You have it. Attention to Detail. Y'all can download my mixtape too. I'm just joking. <laughs> all right. Well, this is episode eight. Thank you all for listening. Please. Make sure that you listen to the podcast, subscribe, rate it five stars. Somebody was out there who was hating on me. They gave me a two. I think they were trolling on me, in all honesty. Man. You can't have anything. Look but Exactly. <laughs> but thank you all. Stay safe. Stay in the house. Stay with your mask on. And God bless you all if you do believe in God. And if you don't, stay safe as well. Thank you. Thank you.